And now, from the gleaming spires of Chicago, broadcasting across the multiverse, from the heights of Hlidskjalf to the depths of Niflheim, from the MCU to the DCU, from the slopes of Mount Olympus and beyond, you are tuned to the immortal sounds of Radio Free Asgard. And hello, everybody, and welcome to Radio Free Asgard. This is episode number 364. We're coming at you, as always, from beautiful Chicago, Illinois. My name is Tom Harris. Welcome along to the show. So before we get started today, I just wanted to thank all of you who participated in the surveys that we had posted up over on the Facebook group during the month of January. I really appreciate it. We're not a show that gets a ton of feedback. So when I find out what you guys like, what you guys don't like, it is very gratifying and it's very useful to me to decide what I'm going to cover. That being said, there were some surprises. So, you know, I I thank you for that as well, because I don't want to cover stuff that you don't really care about. I want to, you know, I want to cover stuff that people want to hear about. So I am going to be making some adjustments to the show's schedule as the result of the feedback that you guys have provided. Now, you guys are welcome to provide feedback at any time. You can email the show. The email address is radiofreeasgard at gmail.com. My overall approach to the show, as you know, since kind of the very beginning, is that we would cover everything eventually. You know, maybe you jump into certain runs a little bit later. Of course, that started early on because, you know, I was doing sort of this chronological thing of the original Lee Kirby run and decided, okay, no, I want to cover the Simonson stuff because that's the stuff that I remember really, really enjoying at the time, you know. And so... You know, I've kind of taken a scattershot approach to it, but it's always with the intention of eventually covering everything. But like I said, if there's stuff that you guys don't want to hear, that's that's valuable information too. And it means that I may cover it eventually, but at the same time, I'm not going to make that a priority because that's not what you guys want to hear. So like I said, once again, I really appreciate the feedback. But, you know, it's it, just looking at the, the survey, you know, there's certain things that you guys really, really want here to hear covered and also things that nobody wants to hear covered and things that I've been covering. Now, I knew that Hercules Unbound would be a little bit of a hard sell. I, it wasn't even on the, on the list. But there's, you know, surprising things like Girl Thor. You guys don't really care about Girl Thor. Don't really care to hear that. Uh, that's useful information. Just because we've had this feedback doesn't mean I'm going to necessarily stick to that 100% of the time. There will be occasional things that I throw in just to take a break, you know, just, just for my own gratification. But by and large, I'm going to be covering what you guys want in, in my coverage, and that's what I'm going to be concentrating on. And the little side things are going to be little side things. Maybe it'll be something that you didn't know you wanted to hear. You know you know how that goes, just for variety's sake. But um, no, but it's really, really good to hear the feedback, and I really, really do appreciate it. All right. So uh, without any further ado, we are going to continue on with our review. Cross the rainbow bridge of Asgard, where the booming heavens roar. You'll behold in breathless wonder, the god of thunder, mighty Thor. And this week we are covering the mighty Thor number 213, 
Cover date is July of 1973. Cover price is 20 cents. Cover art is by a first-timer for the series, as I believe. Jim Starlin did the cover inked by Frank Giacoya. Shows the mighty Thor, and he is chained to a wall. He's got these kind of shackles on his arms, and... He's trying to break free. You can see the bricks kind of cracking as he's trying to break free. In the foreground, there are a couple of reptilian guards, and they're poking him with little pointy spear things. In the background, we have like a, a dungeon stairway going up to a barred door, and standing in front of that is none other than Star. And he is saying, Stop him! If he escapes, he'll slay us all! And it says in this pulse-pounding issue, the Thunder God breaks free, so I guess all these people are going to be slain. Make way for the Demon Brigade, it says the cover blurb. And we open up to the splash page where we have the title of the story, The Demon Brigade. And we have the credits. Jerry Conway was the writer. Manween was the scripter. Okay, interesting. John B. Summit and Don Perlin were the artists. Vinnie Coletta was the inker. Charlotte Jeter is the letterer, Glynis Ween is the colorist, and Roy Thomas was the editor. Splash page picks up where we left off last issue. We have Thor, the Warriors 3, well, minus Volstagg, Hildegard, and Silas Grant, and they are having a bunch of guns pointed at them. And in the background, we have Odin is saying, My son, I beseech thee, surrender thyself, else thou shalt surely doom us all. It says, uh, the scene, a squalid slave market on the light year's distant planet, Golden Star. The cast, Thor, Lord of the Rolling Thunder, is as guardian comrades and a veritable army of alien lizard men. The situation, desperate. Nay, father, says Thor, if needs we must perish, twill not be as slaves, but as immortals of glorious Asgard, as warriors born. And we see Sithgar, and he is commanding the, the army, and he's saying... Uh, then perish you shall, as guardian fool, if you demand it. My legions outnumber you a hundred to one. How long do you hope to stand against such odds? Throw down your weapons, admit your defeat, and perhaps we will let you live as slaves. Concede to such as thee, nay, lizard, not whilst there remains breath within our bodies, or strength within our limbs with which to strike. And he slams his hammer down with a thwadam, and sends a bunch of the lizard people flying, and he leads the charge. Now, my friends, attack for your liege, for your land. For Odin, says Hildegard. For Asgard, shouts Fandral. And uh, we see Tana Nile is also there, though she wasn't on the splash page. And they go rushing forward. And Odin is trying to stop them. He says, Nay, Thor, battle not in my name, for thou dost struggle in vain. I pray thee yield, while still thou hast thy life. Thou canst not hope to triumph against demons such as these. And they're attacking anyway, and we see some fighting going back and forth. And the, the, a bunch of lizards trying to swarm Hildegard here. She is only female. Why does she not fall? Because, foul reptile, thou attackest no mere woman, but Hildegard, warrior of the realm eternal. And we shift to Thor, who's also fighting him off, says, Begone from my path, vermin. Tis not thee I seek. Does thy master, Sithgar the Sly. And Odin's still trying to stop everyone. Please, my children, I do beg of thee. Continue not this terrible carnage. My dear liege, how it doth grieve me to see such torment upon thy noble face, says Hogan. And caption says, Compassion. There be those who say dark Hogan knoweth not the meaning of the word. And let the scoffers witness this. 
and submit what other emotion could so distract the grim Asgardian that he would not detect the swift descent of a flailing lizard mace. And uh, Hogan gets bashed on the head and knocked out. And Fandral sees that, and he's like, Hogan, despair not, my brother at arms, for Fandral doth hide to thine aid. And not all the hordes of black Pluto's dread kingdom shall keep me from thy side. Back, vermin, I say thee back. And he's drawing them all back with his sword here. And he's being tackled from behind by other lizards, and they seem to be wrestling him to the floor. Goldish mammal, we are as bountiful as the stars. You could never withstand us all. And forgive me, brave Hogan, says Fendril, for it seems well-meaning Fendril hath failed thee. And we shift to Thor once again, and he is going against Scar, a big old double-bladed axe. Thy minions did merely annoy me, treacherous one. Now nothing doth stand between us save the battle and the glory. But it is glory not with Lake forthcoming, godling. You battle for your father, for your friends, and I suppose on some maudlin level that makes you noble. But I, I fight only for myself, and that is an incentive to make a being truly strong. And he's swiping at Thor, and he hits a wall, and it goes scrag. And Thor's like, nay, lizard lord, thou couldst know nothing of true strength. Till thou hast faced the power of my mystic mallet, Mjolnir, and he takes the hammer and he smashes Scar's axe. Insolent Asgardian pups, Scar needs no frail weapons to deal with such as you. I'll tear you asunder with my bear. And as uh, this is going on, Thor is walloped from behind by a big piece of rock, which is dropped by uh, a lizard guy in the wall behind him. So, yeah, he just gets, he gets KO'd by, by a big old rock. And uh, Sitgar is like, Effective, Higila, but unnecessary. I could have defeated the godling unaided. Still, the deed is done, and there is other business yet unfinished. How goes the battle with the Thunder God's friends? And we see uh, that the friends are all tied up now, or, or you know, just lying on the, on the ground. And we have uh, Fandral, Tananile, and Silas Grander just kind of tied up here. And Hildegard is laying on the ground, uh, and she's being... Uh, it looks like she's resisting her bonds. You know, they're all tied up. And uh, there's a, um, a wizard guy with a sort of fork thing on her throat, so she can't get up. As expected, Lord Scar, we'll have no further trouble from them. And uh, it says here, even in defeat, Thor's companions stand defiant. And for an instant, silence washes across the scene, to be suddenly replaced by a cautious shuffling and the murmur of fearful voices. Like jackals after the slaughter, the scavengers of Golden Star have come, and we see a bunch of uh, misshapen abominations sort of encroaching. You know, these are like the weird aliens that were on the planet that the lizard people inhabited. And yeah, they're all, each one different, of course, you know, because they're they're evil aliens so you know none of them are they're not like actually an alien race that looks like that <laughs> anyway and they're kind of approaching forward i don't know why and uh Sitkar chases them all away away worthless rabble back into your holes like the rodents you are Sitkar has more pressing need of those you seek to despoil and i owe all thanks to you old man he's saying this to odin if your subjects did not have you to check their full wrath, ours would have been a costly victory indeed. And Odin is looking kind of blank-eyed and, and sad and says here, At Sitgar's stinging words, the Allfather turns away, then silently bows his head, for the expression in Odin's once-wise eyes speaks more eloquently than mere woods ever could. 
and his beloved son and the rest who sought to aid him are angrily led away. And we see the, the lizards are, are taking the bound heroes and, and hauling them away. Thor is uh, hanging upside down from a pole, kind of, you know, in the style of old Tarzan movies. And uh, we, we get a little dream sequence here. What's going on with Thor? It says, visions dance behind Thor's hooded orbs as he drifts upon the sea of dreams. Visions of battles fought and villains conquered, of loves both lost and gained. And then at last, the thunder god awakens, and he is bolted to the wall like he is on the cover. By Heimdall's eyes, says Thor, tell me my fevered mind deludes me. And it says he finds himself a prisoner of an all-too-realistic nightmare. And we get a full page here of Thor bolted to the wall, and we see all the other people here. They've untied them. Uh, they've just thrown them on this generic dungeon and the generic dungeon is uh odin is there and fandral and looks like hogan hildegard um yeah so so everyone's kind of in this dungeon together and there's a bunch of these other sort of monsters and a couple other they're obviously as guardians who are also down there with them and fandral says nay my lord thor much though i may want to i fear i canst not thou see indeed what thou thinkest thou sees we be locked in some dismal dungeon. Prisoners all. And oh, there's a, there's a rat climbing up a chain because that's just a good touch. You know, that every dungeon has to have a rat climbing a chain, don't you think? And he, <laughs> Tis not like good Fendral to sit idly by and do not to change thy situation, says Thor. To what gain, my lord, says Fendral? Resistance hath proven futile. We be not strong enow to challenge the lizard legions. Even Odin, our almighty liege. Thy no noble father hath accepted the realities of our plight, and doth sit in silent obedience, awaiting our new-gained master's next commands. Gaze upon thine own great sire's face, my lord Thor, then say that we doth dare defy the mighty Stgar, if truly thou canst. And uh, there's a, a guard here who comes in, and he's got some kind of servant with him, and the servant has a bowl of some kind of food and a big long spoon, and um, it goes... Silent slaves until you are told to speak. You, the one called Thunder God, it is time for your midday meal. And Thor says, Nay, unwashed one, away with thy foul-smelling gruel. Thor hath little taste for garbage such as this. But you must eat, Thor. Our masters demand it, says the slave guy. I, my lord, says Fandral, partake of it. Thou wilt quickly grow accustomed to its fragrance. Eat, I pray thee, even a slave must have the strength to survive. Thou, brave Fandral, whose only repast be the choicest venison, the sweetest mead, thou dost beg me to consume this revolting swill? How canst thou, when it reeks of the gutter, the sewer, and perhaps, and he is looking at the spoon in front of him as it gets ever closer to his mouth, sounds, suddenly I do see all. To the pit with thy bitter brew, slave! where it doth belong, and Thor takes his, his feet, which are untied, and he kicks the servant aside in his bowl and all that stuff, and with a thud, and the guard is like, Arrogant swine, you'll eat that meal from the floor, or I'll irk. He says irk because Thor has wrapped his legs around his neck, and Thor says, Aye, lizard, I'll eat thy sour mash when thou dost develop a less corrosive tongue. And he uh, does this thing where he just kind of takes his legs and puts them up, up by his head. And that slams the lizard guy's head against the wall with a choom. Thor says, it appears the lizard hath gone into hibernation. But hold, 
the cackle of voices just beyond yon door. If the fallen one's comrades hath heard the commotion and do come to seek its cause, they shall find no shackled slave awaiting them, but the rightful heir to the throne of immortal Asgard, Thor, god of storm and the raging thunder, defender of the realm eternal. And with that, he, he's broken the, the shackles and he's free. So this is as close to the cover images we're ever going to see in this issue, I'm guessing. Anyway, um, he picks up the bowl of, of gruel from the floor and he says, The gruel, drugged as I did suspect, then tis this that doth hold my friends in such ill-earned defeat. No time hath I now to seek such treachery's cure, for the lizard guards may yet decide to enter this mildewed chamber, lest I doth take the initiative and bring the battle to them. And Thor charges up the stairs and he crashes down the wooden door with Mjolnir in hand. And there's some of these lizard guards kind of hanging out in this room here, playing cards or something, I don't know. They're, they're, they're sitting around a table anyway. And it says, By the skies of Golden Star, the prisoners have released a juggernaut upon us. Nay, as one lone god, come to gain satisfaction for thy crimes against the rest, and so restore the honor of most noble Asgard by washing its name clean with thy foul reptilian blood. And he wades into them with a bathoom, smacks them all aside. What serpents? Doth none of thee stand to say me nay? I shall, eh? And uh, the um, voice comes, Lord Thor, forget thy vendetta for the nonce, and heed the summons of thy friends. Who dares speak as so to the lord of, by the Allfather's fabled beard? And it's Hildegard, of course, and Tananiel is there as well. Hildegard, companion to my lady, and the Regellian Tananiel. They'll be both captives as well. Well, why? Of course they are. <laughs> anyway, they were there when they all got captured. Then have patience, good ladies, for only a moment more, and we three shall do whatever needs to be done together. And he smashes the door down and frees them, and we get a little bit of caption here. For being so regal, so mighty, they move softly, these daring adventurers. Their booted feet make nary a sound as they wend their cautious way along an ancient, musty corridor, and suddenly find themselves in surroundings not nearly so archaic and decayed. And they are now going from this very classic dungeon sort of sewer pipe thing into a um, you know, super futuristic workshop kind of thing. "'Tis most strange, Lord Thor." One moment we wander through the ruled bowels of an ancient city, and the next... I Hildegard, it seems there be more to the land called Golden Star than would greet the unwary eye. Mayhap the answers doth await us at our journey's end. I fear not, Thunder God. It appears our travels may have already reached their climax, says Tenenile, unless you can discover a way to get past that. And uh, she says, That door is Mondurian steel, a foot thick and electronically sealed as well. It would require a company of good Regellian battlecraft to even penetrate it. Mayhap thou art correct, Tenenile, says Thor. Still, Hildegard, I shall have need of thy good arm. Shall we see if the strength of two lone as guardians be equal that to the company of Regellian battlecraft? Aye, my lord, though in truth I do believe it is. And they reach underneath the door, and they, they just drag it up and just crumple it like tinfoil. And they scrack... And the three of them all pass through the uh, the big thick door. Prithee, noble Thor, says Hildegard, what be our destination now? Into the city proper, good Hildegard, to seek an exit from this thrice accursed world. And they find themselves in the, the streets of this uh, city, and they're wandering around. There's all these sort of abomination creatures running around. And the caption says, 
Night has stolen upon Golden Star. When at last the God of Thunder and his companions reach the dubious sanctuary of the city's teeming marketplace, where neath a sprawling cloak of shadows they thread a swift path through the grimy alleyways in search of they know not truly what. Tread most carefully, my friends, says Thor. We cannot afford to be unduly noticed in this, eh? And uh, he's, he spots something out of the corner of his eye, and there's a brown hand with uh, only three fingers reaching out to him. And the voice says, Please, sir, if you are the Asgardian called Thor, I beg you, hold. And it turns out to be uh, this this monstrosity with his really big orange misshapen head, and, he, and Thor drags him out of the darkness of the alleyway, and he says, For what foul purpose, scavenger, so that thou canst attempt to separate us from our purses, our cloaks, our very boots? Nay, vermin, I would sooner separate thy scheming head from thy scrawny neck. Thunder God, please, I am Gregor, a friend. I seek only to help you, for I need your help in turn. And so he puts the, this little abomination down. He says, Oh, little one, and how am I to know if thou dost deign to speak the truth? You need only follow me, Thor. If the faces of thy compatriots do not convince you I speak sincerely, I have risked my life for nothing. And says here, For an instant the son of Odin studies Gregor's earnest face that nods silently and follows the tiny alien into the all-embracing darkness through a portion of the decaying city that makes the rest appear magnificent by comparison, and finally into the smoldering depths of the cavern most carefully concealed. We have arrived, Thor. You three are the first outsiders ever to set eyes upon this hideaway. And it's this sort of hidden cave, and there's a picnic table here. Uh, that's what it looks like. It's a picnic table. Anyway, uh, so they're in this sort of cavern, and there's, of course, rats in here as well, because, you know, Bisema. Is there anything I can bring you, Thunder God? Our food supplies are meager, but... Nay, alien, I desire only to meet the compatriots of whom thou spoke, or be they as meager as thy foodstuffs. Nay, my lord Thor, they be not meager by any standard, says Hildegard, because she's seeing something we don't. And she's looking around in this uh, cavern, and we have a whole host of these abomination creatures... And they're all just kind of poking out from the shadows. And like I said, the, the, they're typical Bisama monsters. They all look different from each other. You know, there's no two that, that look even similar. So it's just this weird rabble of, of abominations. Anyway, it says here, They come cautiously at first to stare in disbelief at the three powerful new intruders. And in a fashion, this is strange, for they are themselves a kaleidoscope of life. Beings of every imaginable color and configuration... No two in the least alike. Well, I already said that. Save for the overwhelming sorrow that touches the eyes of all. Brothers in the resistance, I present Thor, Prince of Asgard, and his lovely companions, who has come to join our fight for freedom. Hold, Gregor, says Thor. I have not yet agreed to be thine alley. And there's an old, uh, kind of wizened, wise old man-looking guy, and he goes, But you must, Asgardian. I saw what you did in the slave market this morn. And we have dire need of strength such as yours. Thou needest more than strength, ancient one, says Thor. You find us distasteful, Thor, with reason, perhaps. But be not so swift to judge us till you have heard our tale in full, till you know why we are forced to live as we do. And we get a flashback here, and we see um, this really futuristic city here. It says, 
One's Asgardian golden star was a planet more than worthy of its name. Gleaming gilded spires reached triumphantly towards the heavens, and peace and prosperity were spread across the land. Golden star might have easily been called paradise, until the starships came, and we see uh, these uh, lizard people ships coming from above, and they're blasting down and you know, killing people on the ground, etc. They hovered over our world like shimmering clouds of death, which is in fact what they were. And wherever they passed, they raged carnage and devastation. It was not until Golden Star lay in flaming ruins that we saw our conquerors' faces, the faces of the insect-like Vrelnexians and the searing visage of Sithgar, Lord of Lizards. They were slave traders, our newfound masters, and they wasted no time gathering new merchandise. But those who were herded into the stinking slave pens were the fortunate ones. For those who were not taken by Sithgar and his insectian partners were left to starve, to scrounge in the gutters for scraps of food, to wallow in their own defeat. Do you see now why we beg you to join us as guardian, to help us free our people from Sithgar's of servitude? How can you deny us and still dare to call yourself a god? And uh, so Thor sits down at the table and he's, um, I guess, thinking about what they're saying. Thy fellow's yoke of service doth be unfairly borne, Gregor, for I have learned that the gruel they do eat contains a powder, a drug that doth command complete obedience. Our first task must needs to be destroy the source of such foul deception. Our task, Thor? Then you are with us? Aye, Gregor, unto the death. Thine elder hath taught me that no god be above the concerns of those who do truly believe him a god. Moreover, my personal account against Sithgar be not settled. Then study this old chart carefully, Asgardian, for I've a plan to settle all accounts at once. And uh, we see people kind of scampering off, and you know, everybody's kind of going off in their own way. It says, Gregor's conversation fades into whispers, whispers that grow quieter still, when at last a bizarre band of desperate beings scurries across the starlit roofs of Concord Golden Star. Then suddenly split in twain to travel two separate but equally important paths. And so we have Thor, Tananile, and Hildegard, and they're all go kind of going their way, and all the rest of these abominations are kind of going the other way. And, and Thor says, Best of luck with thy mission, little Gregor. Be thou most successful. As you, Asgardian, and you. And uh, Thor and company are climbing up a, a, a tower, and they finally reach a, a big old open window, and um, they go bursting in, and Thor and company are climbing up this, this big tower, and Hildegard's going first, and then Tannen Isles is kind of grasping Thor around his neck as, as he hauls her giant head up this tower. Cling thou tightly to me, Tannen Isles, for not with all thy Virgilian technology couldst thou survive a plunge from such a height. And they finally reach a big window, and they go in the window, and it says here, uh, uh, Tannen says, It seems you are mistaken, Thor. The descent has done us little harm at all. It owes our landing that we may not survive. Behold the escaped slaves, says a bunch of lizard people. Quickly, as Lord Scar has ordered, destroy them. And Thor goes lunging forward, and he says, Behind me, colonizer, if these reptilian rogues do seek destruction, tis their own that they shall find. And Thor wades in with his hammers, knocking them all aside with a thwoom. And uh, once inside, they split up, and Tana goes one way, and it looks like Hildegard and Thor go the other way. Swiftly now, Tana Nile. Whilst our unexpected assault doth give the lizards pause to thine appointed task, 
and may the All-Father's blessings be thine. I require no deity's assistance to do what I must under God, but the emotions expressed are appreciated. I trust I will see you all soon. And says the staccato echo of hurried footsteps fades into silence, and we turn our attention to noises of a wholly different sort, at the victory celebration of Scar, Lord of the Lizards. And yeah, there's a bunch of lizard guys in Scar, and they're all celebrating what's been going on. My lads, I want to propose a toast to our newest acquisitions, those whose sails made this party possible, to the ex-gods of fabled Asgard, the finest slaves ever to grace the block of golden. And there's a noise from behind him, and it is Hildegard, and she comes rushing out from behind and puts her blade to Sithgar's neck, and she says, Have a care, wizard, if thou dost finish thy toast, thou shalt not own a throat down which to pour it. And he's like, who? You, the Asgardian warrior wench. And Thor says, Her name be Hildegard, lizard lord, as mine doth be Thor, but we strike this time only in the name of our noble liege. Quickly, you fools, slay them, says one of the lizard people. Nay, reptiles, no more. This blow doth be struck for Odin, and yea, for Asgard. And he takes the table that these guys are sitting around and overturns it, and just kind of, yeah, busts up the, the party here and in the meantime we see tana has snuck down to where the uh, the prisoners are being kept and we see odin and fandral and hogan and other asgardians down there she i guess she she has led them up the stairs to where thor and company are because otherwise the scene makes no sense but anyway she's like enough thundercut you can be heard throughout the castle i have brought you your father and friends as instructed what are your intentions for them now to the docks with them regellian one and all the time hath come at last to leave this much tarnished star. And we shift to uh, the docks, where Hildegard still has Sithgar uh, being held captive here, and she's got her sword to his neck, and it says here, uh, um, A question before we depart, foul lizard. What didst thou do with Thor's lady, the raven-haired Sif? She was not amongst the others in our ranks, says Sithgar. What does it matter to you? You are all doomed anyway. Nay, Stgar, tis thou who art doomed, says Thor, thou and thy most evil schemes. No longer shalt thou hold the inhabitants of Golden Star in silent subservience, for yonder fierce explosions do signal the death of thy secret drug factories and of thy power. And there's explosions going on in the background of, I guess, these secret drug factories are blowing up. No, you can't leave me like this. I'll tell you where the girl is. She and her sorcerous companions were sold to the miners of the Dark Nebula, scant hours before we arrived. Now please, Thor, you must take me with you. The people of Golden Star will slay me once the drug wears off. But I suggest thou dost begin running, Sithgar, as far and as fast as thou canst. There be no room for thee upon this craft. And Thor and his friends in their flying Viking ship just kind of take off and leave him there. In truth, I do believe there be no room for such as thee anywhere, Thor's parting words. And Sithgar's back on the planet's surface, and he's like, No, wait, you can't abandon me like this. Come back, I command you, come back. You can't do this, do you hear me? I am Sithgar, Lord of the Lizards. Don't you understand? I am king! And we have the next issue blurb into the Dark Nebula, and it's going to be a while before we find out what happens because we are going to be moving on to something else next time. 
And that is Thor number 213, and we'll be talking all about it right after this message. I'm Captain Benjamin Sisko. Welcome to Deep Space Nine. Red alert. All crew members report to battle stations. Red alert. Shields up. What shields? You start fleet officers. Now start acting like it. Oh, it's just Garrett. Plain, simple, Garrett. Dax, we might have just discovered the first stable wormhole known to exist. The wormhole does bring them our way, doesn't it? Everyone wants a piece of the new frontier. This will shortly become a leading center of commerce and of scientific exploration. Starfleet, one of our most important posts. Quite a motley crew you've assembled here, Benji. Listen to the prophets at Deep Space Nine podcast. Here are your hosts, Andrew Leyland and Paul Spataro. Bloody hell. Oh, I love a woman in uniform. Only on TwoTrueFreaks.com. And we're back, and of course, a few comments about the issue. Though I don't have a lot of comments because most of what I have to say is going to be summed up in this first little minute here of the review. And that is that this is an inferior story. And because of that, it is very disappointing. This is a plot that we have seen time and time again. And and I know that we're going to continue to see it in the future, too. That you have Tyrant comes take over the people. Thor has to save the people. You know, there's some kind of wrinkle. In this case, the wrinkle is that they have captured all the Asgardians and and made them slaves with this, this special drug. And... So we have all this going on, but this is just a pure by-the-numbers plot. We've seen it a million times before. There's nothing special about it. And indeed, I think even the writer knows that he's telling a bad story because we have these really unsympathetic alien characters who are all these you know, grotesque you know, caricatures. They're all these horrible there's no consistency in the way they look. It's like they took one of every race in the galaxy and, and threw them on this planet. And, and you never get to actually know anybody. They all kind of speak with the same collective voice. There's, there's nothing interesting about the characters. There's no reason to root for them. Now, we throw into this this sort of weird mix of characters that we have in the Thor book right now amongst Thor and yeah, the Warriors Three. We have Hildegard, and then we have Tan and Niall, and then we have Silas Grant, who nobody gives a fuck about, and it's just kind of blech. It's just kind of there. Um, it's a disappointing story on a number of levels, and not just in the writing. So let's talk about the artwork. Now, this is uh, once again, it's it's Buscema layouts, Don Perlin finishes. And we get less than what we've had in the last couple of issues, which is saying a lot. I mean, that we really have nothing here. The, the settings are pure, generic, early 70s Marvel cack. Um, and this is something that, that it's common to Thor comics where you have the sort of medieval world and then you have on top of that medieval world, you have this sort of super futuristic parts of the medieval world. That's kind of a chestnut in Thor comics, and we're going to see that over and over again. But there are times when that's done well, and this is not one of those times. So this is just kind of a generic people with a generic villain being saved in a generic way, and in a way that 
doesn't make you even care. And so, yeah, so I have to say this, this couple of issues storyline to me at least has been a, a huge disappointment. And um, now we're going to be moving on next week to something different. So we're not going to be coming back to the original Thor run for, for a while. I mean, we're going to be coming back to it, but not until we've actually gone through a couple of other things first. But um, I can only hope that the, the, the next few issues of the original run are not as much of a slog as these two have been for me. Um, yeah, it's it's very, very frustrating. Um, but anyway, yeah, not not my favorite set of issues, I have to say. All right, and with that, I guess it is time to wrap up the show. Once again, folks, thanks very much for listening. I really do appreciate it. And once again, thanks to all of you who participated in our surveys. And believe me, we will be acting on these surveys and the information therein. And with that, I am back over the Rainbow Bridge, back to Midgard, and we'll see you next time here on Radio Free Asgard. Radio Free Asgard is copyright Tom Harris USA Productions, which is totally responsible for its content. The characters, stories, and situations presented on this program are copyright their respective copyright holders and are presented for entertainment, review, and educational purposes only. No ownership is implied. We make no money from this podcast, and the contents are believed to be covered under fair use. If you like what you've heard on today's program, we'd appreciate it if you leave us an iTunes review, send us an email with your feedback, tell your friends, if you have any, or annoy your coworkers with our incoherent ramblings and silly voices. Thanks once again for listening to Radio Free Asgard.